Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I'm your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. Can't hurt me. That doesn't hurt. That used to hurt. That used to hurt. But now I've been through a lot of stuff. And it doesn't hurt anymore. (laughs) I had to grow up a little bit. Was that foreshadowing? It was foreshadowing, yes. Uh, usually. Like all good foreshadowing, <laughs> my wife has <laughs> mentioned that after the foreshadowing that was, in fact, don't get it twisted, foreshadowing. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure. For sure. You didn't, you didn't tell me about the foreshadowing. I like to I, leave my art open to interpretation. <laughs> Uh, usually when we go on tour and we do live shows, we like to do an episode about the place we are, something that, that's locally relevant. This time, a little different, I brought what is locally relevant about our episode with me. He's right there. Hi. <laughs> My name is Justin McElroy, and I'm still wearing a jock strap. I don't know that I need it anymore. I just love he, being ready for sports. He definitely does not need the jock strap anymore. Okay, well I got a vasectomy. Anyway, if you're not clear what we're talking about here, I got a vasectomy. Got a vasectomy. Before, before I launch into the history of vasectomy and maybe some things you don't want to know, do you want to share any, like, how you feel? You mean, like, coming to TLC this fall, my vasectomy story? No, thank you. <laughs> it's just pretty much, yep. No, yeah, it was rough. Uh-huh. I talked about the, the experience of it on My Brother, My Brother and Me. Um, I can say that I still have no regrets. Still want no more additional children. Uh, I'm pretty concrete on that, still for sure. Uh, you could be a little less emphatic if for no other reason than that our daughters are like backstage. No, it's like I nailed it twice. I'm done. I'm, you know how 
they made the first Space Jam, and then it was like, you gotta make another Space Jam. And then they were kind of like, uh, all right, you're right. But after they <laughs> nail it a second time, then they'll be like, burn it down. Give me a Space Jam vasectomy. Close up the tube that the Toon Stars are using to get to our world. We don't need any more Space Jams. They're perfect. You know, Two Space Jams is plenty to care for you in your twilight years, is what I'm saying. You know, the term vasectomy is a little misleading. I always talk about the history of like where we get these words, and then the term vasectomy kind of implies that we're actually, like an ectomy is like we're taking it out. And so it would, it would imply that we're actually removing the whole vas deferens, which we're not. That's not what happens in a vasectomy. So it's already misnamed, but it's okay. Okay. It's okay. That didn't mean they did it wrong. Um, <laughs> what actually happens when you have a vasectomy, well, I, I know this, but you do too now. Uh, not really. Do you want me to let you? Not really. I know the effects. Um, there was a very helpful, when I waited an hour for my consultation, there was a great video <laughs> playing in the lobby that I very consciously avoided watching. I did not, no thanks, I'm good. Just go ahead and, yeah, it's fine. So what actually happens is the vas deferens, which carries the sperm. Spermies, I think. Spermies? No. 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 My mistake. <laughs> from, from the testicles to, to become one with the semen. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> those tubes are, are cut. And so then you still have semen, but you don't have sperm anymore. No sperm. Which the desired result from that is no more pregnancies. Hopefully. Hopefully. Cheers. <laughs> uh, before we could do vasectomies, we had to find the vas deferens, where the, where the sperm travel. Um, and we did that a really long time ago. 300 BCE, Herophilus discovered, like he, he described, testicles and the vas deferens and the whole thing. Of course, back then, we didn't really have a great idea about how conception happened, like what, what was going on. Uh, the Greek and Roman idea was something to the effect of there was like a male seed and there was like a female seed and they would join together and kind of intermingle and grow inside a woman and that had to do like if it was a boy or a girl it had to do with how strong they were. If the man was very strong in his seed, then it was a man. And if the woman was very strong, then it was a woman. And then if they both were weak, it was a woman. I know. Poo. I know. Everybody's mad about that one. <laughs> I didn't make that up. Uh, Aristotle believed that uh, sperm were well, they didn't have sperm, but the seed, male seed, were formed from the vital heat of men. Yes. So. Now you're speaking my language. The idea was that if your blood gets hot enough, it will turn into semen. <laughs> and so, so men had a lot more vital heat than women, 
so they had semen, and you could tell that women didn't because of menstrual blood. This was the whole ancient concept of various <laughs> bodily fluids. Um, and if, uh, if our menstrual, if, if menstrual blood could just get hot enough, it would also like congeal into semen. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Diogenes expanded on this and argued that, well, but the blood can only turn into semen and get really foamy <laughs> if you're like, worked up and agitated. So it's like, it's like the lust itself that takes all the blood and then semen happens. <laughs> I mean, keep in mind, they didn't have microscopes. So like, they didn't know what they were talking about. They also thought that bones were made of semen. And medical science is still kind of not no. sure on this one. No. no, we're pretty sure on that one. All right. It's not. Agree to disagree. They're not. They're not. I still have some questions. Uh, Pliny the Elder. His family's here tonight, obviously. <laughs> Pliny thought that semen from the right testicle made boys and semen from the left testicle made girls. So if you wanted to choose the sex of a baby, you could just like bind one. <laughs> Who is ready to make love? That's kind of like the Twix ads, huh? <laughs> and the, the wild thing is that even once we started, even, even once we had microscopes and we could look at semen and we could see sperm and we were like, hey, look, there's little buggers. That's the thing. We still had these wild ideas. We called them animacules and we thought that they were like basically little people. And you can find these like pictures of sperm that are just like tiny little curled up people. <laughs> Just like fully formed, tiny humans. <laughs> and then they, they just like expand. Like those things we get, Charlie, that hatch out of the egg, that you just put them in water for like 48 hours. Hey, like are there that. any parents there? And aren't those the worst? <laughs> like the absolute, here kid, I got you this. Oh cool, what's it do? Well, we put it in water. Is it fun yet? Not for a couple days. Will I see the part where it is fun? Probably not. It happens extremely slowly. Okay, it's cracking now. Can I take it out and play with it? Absolutely not. Give it another week. All right, now it's full size. What do I do with it now? Well, it's really grainy and disintegrating, so throw it in the trash, I guess? Those are really gross. The worst. Um, it took us a while, obviously, to figure out the, the pro like how babies are made. <laughs> Hopefully we know now, I think. Um, and even, even now, this is kind of wild to think about, what sperm do when they enter the vaginal canal and like the, that whole process, it, we're still figuring that out. We're still studying, I mean, we know where they go, but like we're, we're still studying like the behavior of sperm and why they do what they do and how all that works, which is part of why you don't find a lot of contraceptive methods for people with sperm. You, I mean, we got condoms. Right. Yeah. But yeah. So that's that's part of why is because we're still studying that, which is kind of wild. And part of it is because we thought that sperm were little rolled up humans for a long time. <laughs> now, as far as vasectomies, we didn't actually start performing these until 1823. And the first one that we tried was on a dog and it was successful. So I'm I hope the dog was happy with <laughs> their with their family size. 
and desired no more puppies. <laughs> that is my hope. I don't have documentation of that, but... Um, and so they figured out how to do it, but it took a while for it to catch on in humans. I, I imagine because it was like, hey, we don't, you know anesthesia? No, you don't, because we don't have that yet. But <laughs> I have an idea for you. <laughs> it's kind of wild. Justin, what would you think? <laughs> I'm going to cut a hole. Now, uh, what, uh, bear with me. <laughs> well, hold on. Does it mean I won't have more kids? Go on. Probably. No, I would get hung up on the anesthesia thing, for sure. Now, before we, before we get into, into like the modern day and the, and the funnier stuff with vasectomies, there is an unfortunate, an unfortunate dark period we have to talk about. Part of the reason vasectomies took off and became pretty popular in the early 1900s was because of a lot of forced sterilization. It was a really easy way to make people infertile, whether or not they had any options. So like, there was a lot of, um, this was during the time of eugenics, and so there was a lot of thought that like, if you have a prisoner who's in jail who committed a violent crime, you could give them the option of getting out of jail if you, they would agree to a vasectomy. So that was part of the way that a lot of vasectomies started being performed, and a lot of advances in the technique and procedure and exactly how to do it, and part of why it became popular in the in the general public was because it was done on a lot of people whether or not they agreed to it, mm. unfortunately. Um, there was actually a, uh, a big article that was very influential published uh, in 1899, vasectomy as a means of preventing procreation in defectives. And that word, of course, could apply to... Exactly. Exactly. You know where this is going. And, and so a lot of uh, forced vasectomies were performed for a while, and the whole idea was purely for means of sterility, to, to render people un unable to have further children. What gets interesting, to get out of the dark period of vasectomy, what gets interesting is that then you see doctors start to try to come up with other reasons that you might want a vasectomy. Maybe it has nothing to do with whether or not you want to have kids. Maybe you want to have a vasectomy because your prostate's really big. Will that fix it? No. Uh, but there was a history of this. In the 1880s, castration had been used sometimes to treat very large prostates. So people started thinking, well, that seems really extreme. It doesn't work, but it's also very extreme. This other thing isn't as extreme. It also doesn't work. <laughs> but maybe we should try that? And, and this was actually catalyzed by one patient who had gone to their doctor and said, like, they were having symptoms of an enlarged prostate. They couldn't pee, and they had, like, dribbling, and it was very painful, and the doctor castrated them, and they did not like that, and they killed their doctor. And so... <laughs> This is true. And so a lot of doctors oh, were no. like, let's do the vasectomy. <laughs> sure, that, that's not as bad, and maybe you won't kill me afterwards. So for a while, it was a really popular treatment for enlarged prostate. And this was probably also due to the fact that the alternatives, if your prostate was enlarged at the time, were things like either one, try to remove it, which you're nobody... Gonna, you're going to die. Nobody was very look, at, that. look at your calendar, check the year. You're not surviving that. No way. Or, or maybe we'll just inject it with carbolic acid. You don't want that. 
or something called transrectal galvanocautery. So, <laughs> straight through the rectum, a cautery that's like just zap it, zap the prostate from your rectum. Um, or you could just overstretch the urethra. To what end? I mean, not, <laughs> I, some of these things may have worked a little, but, <laughs> but that's why vasectomy became very popular. It would not have worked. I'm not sure why. I mean, people must have just been happy they didn't get the other stuff done. Their neighbor was like, you won't believe what they did. And <laughs> they were like, well, I only had this. Did it work? No, but I'm in a better position than you, I guess. Right. So. The medicines, the medicines that escalate macabre for the mouth. Sydney, you know how you're always saying that you'd like to build a Justin McRoy fan site full of all your favorite quotes, clips, videos, and hunky pictures of beloved podcaster Justin McRoy? I don't remember. Well, there's that- no need to wait any longer, Sydney, because Squarespace is going to make it easier than you could possibly believe to make a website uh, all about your favorite hunky podcasting superstar. I don't think I was going Squarespace, to— Squarespace, what is it? It's a tool—think of it as— the palette, the palette of a web design artist. But you don't have to be a web design artist. You could just take stuff off the palette that is created by real people that know what they're really doing and put it from the palette onto the easel. The metaphor is broken down. Basically, you're going to be able to create great-looking websites that have fantastic customer support and help you unlock your creativity and do whatever you want to with your small business or podcaster obsession. You can sell products. You can uh, post your videos. You can share your stories about how Justin has shaped your life and is also a fantastic father. Folks, you got to stop waiting to make your Justin McElroy fan site. Go to squarespace.com sawbones for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch your Justin McElroy fan site, use offer code sawbones to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. We have just started rehearsing for the summer theater. That's right. Summer starts in March around these parts, and that means we don't have much time at all in the evenings to make dinner. But we will not be just consuming Wendy's, uh, although there will be some Wendy's consumed, but we are going to have a little extra help with Factor, which delivers ready-to-eat delicious meals right to your door, and not like junky stuff you get out of the freezer aisle, whatever. This is real high-quality, chef-crafted stuff that in two minutes you're ready to eat it. I'm talking about some Southwestern-style turkey and mac. I think this week I'm going to be enjoying a shredded chicken taco bowl is 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 part of my plan. Um, but they got, like, fancy stuff. Listen to this. Where are you going to get this? Truffle butter filet mignon. I mean, seriously? From, from, from a, a box? Pre-prepared, all I got in two minutes, I'm eating filet mignon. That sounds delicious. Yeah, it sounds delicious. And you can give these a try. And it's not just these meals. We're talking pancakes, smoothies. They got some great wellness shots that are surprisingly delicious. And the meals you just eat and eat. There's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup. Get as much as you need by choosing your meals every week. You're going to get exactly what you want. No surprises here. 
Uh, and the meals, I can say, are delicious. So what do you got to lose? Head on over to factormeals.com slash sawbones50 and use code sawbones50 to get 50% off. That's code sawbones50 at factormeals.com slash sawbones50 to get 50% off. Um, so that so that made it pretty popular, but that wasn't enough. Every time we find a procedure, we're like, or a medicine, we're like, what else can we do with this? <laughs> Let's try to find some other stuff. We'll just mm, we'll we'll see. We'll try it for some things that it would have no physiological or anatomical reason to work for, but hey, why not? Right? Yeah. So a Viennese physiologist, Eugene Steinark, noticed that r- roosters and rats. Roosters and rats that had vasectomies seemed more virile. Now, I don't know what Eugene was <laughs> was doing with his time. I don't know what he was hey, uh, watching. Hey, Daryl, come over here for a second. Does that look at that one rat? No, the other one. Yeah. Does. <laughs> Is it just me, or does he look ready to party? So, he also thought these roosters and rats that had had vasectomies seemed smarter. <laughs> Again, I don't know the metrics that were used. I assume there was a, a maze of some sort. <laughs> Perhaps uh, treats. I don't know. What do you give roosters? Corn? I don't know. <laughs> Rooster feed, whatever. This is, this is why we stick to humans on this show. <laughs> so, so he started to think maybe, maybe vasectomies can make you, you know, more like manly or something or virile, tougher, okay. more masculine. That was the idea, more masculine. And, and also maybe they would be good treatment for dementia. <laughs> and... <laughs> And like general senility, like, oh, are you starting to forget some things? I have a treatment for you. So he got a buddy, who, a urologist, who could do these procedures, Robert Lichtenstein. And in, in 1918, they started performing vasectomies specifically to make you more masculine. And, to, and if you came in and said, like, I'm just, you know, getting older and I don't know where I left my, well, it wouldn't be keys. Like your horse keys. <laughs> <laughs> so they started doing these, and supposedly it was. Now, there is no reason this would be successful, by the way. But as these things go, people thought it was working. Patients came back and went, Yeah, I think I'm way better now. I feel way, I don't know, way less fertile. <laughs> well, that, but yeah. also like, you know, like, Urgh. yeah. Ooh, 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 ooh. Right, like, like Tim the Toolman Taylor. Got it. And so it was so influential that Freud got a vasectomy for this reason. Which I didn't. Did you know you're in the company of Freud? I didn't get it for that reason, but thank you, Sydney. The, so did W.B. Yeats, by the way. They both went and got vasectomies so that they would be more virile. Um, and the, the thought process, because that's, I had to look up, like, why would you think this wouldn't work? But why would you think that? What was even the theory behind it? So the idea is that if you cut the vas deferens, 
then that the part of the testicle where sperm is generated is going to atrophy. And so it allows all of the other parts that they thought made all of the masculine hormones um, get bigger. And so you would have these really big hormone balls because the sperm balls were gone. <laughs> and so... And, and so the closer that you cut it, cut the vas deferens to the testicle, the bigger your hormone balls get and the more masculine you are. Okay. <laughs> they, the, they called it for a while being Steinarked after Eugene, <laughs> who came up with it. So you could go and you could say, I'm going to get Steinarked, <laughs> you know. In my the... balls. <laughs> And it was thought, it was recommended for, like, people who wanted to be leaders or, like, <laughs> <laughs> like if, oh, you want to go into politics? You know what you got to do. <laughs> Get Steinarked or, or... Or people who wanted a moment to themselves <laughs> at some point <laughs> in, their, in the next few years of their lives. People who, were, who wanted to go into any kind of field that was thought to be, like, requiring a lot of thinking, a lot of smarts. You should get Steinarked before you do this, because then you'll be better I'm at not it. disagreeing. <laughs> like, I'm thinking through it. Yeah, but yeah, for sure. I think so. For free time, yeah, that would be good. A good reason to get Steinarked, for sure. If I want to be able to, like, think at all, like, for a second, <laughs> for sure, Steinarked. I get it. Do you want to make a quick note? Like, you love our kids, though. They're great. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I love these two great kids. <laughs> I love how they're a prime number. It, it was also thought... Wait, to it's two? There's no way of knowing. I said there's no way of knowing. It was also thought to give you more hair, so you could do it if you wanted more hair. Um, it was also thought to give you better erections, a better libido, helped you like... There's like no reaction I can make to the things you're saying considering my circumstance. I just sit stony-faced. It was also... <laughs> the next... This is perfect. I'm so glad you said that. Harry Sharp noted that he thought it made men <laughs> masturbate less often. I, sidebar, real quick, sidebar. Uh, before I can go back and get tested to make sure everything's working as intended, uh, I have to sort of clear things out, which means I have to, whatever, tw uh, t 20 times. And now I'm in this position where City's like, have you gone back yet to get... And I'm, and now I'm having to like constantly run the mental math of like, what is a good amount of time before 20 would have, it can't be like four days later, right? It can't be like, honey buns, I'm off to the doctor. Can't be that. Also, I had a, um, <laughs> never mind. It's, oh, no. I just, Don't, not that. Are you going to? I had a small complication, and it's a third testicle made of blood. That's fine. It's called a scrotal. It's called a hematoma. Scrotal hematoma, it's which is as hematoma. good as it sounds. And honestly, if we're all just being friends here, um, 
that's about the last thing on my mind is getting that doing that. <laughs> I just like it's so so tremendously unappealing. Twenty seems years away. I'm afraid they'll have changed locations. I'll I'll drive an electric car to this. To the, I'll drive a hover bike to this appointment. <laughs> so anyway, it's been fun. You feel better now? No. Are you good? Are you good? Thank you. No. So anyway. <laughs> So all of these... Don't laugh. I was just adjusting. Shut up. <laughs> just regular seat adjustment that you get from podcasting for a while. Regular. Reviewed pre-vasectomy tapes. I do the exact same thing, okay? <laughs> we have a projector. Hold on. Paul, run it back. <laughs> so... All of these claims that people with penises would masturbate less often and be happier if they had vasectomies and, and be smarter and all that, I don't know if it was bias or people just lying or why they thought it worked. It doesn't. That is not a reason to get a vasectomy. We now know that if you want to get a vasectomy, it should be because you don't want to have any more kids. <laughs> And that's the reason. And yes, they are. This is a common question. Are they reversible? Yes. But like, don't go into it with that thought. That's like, a, that's, a, that's a very, they always give that caveat. But if you're thinking that, maybe don't get a vasectomy. Because um, it, I mean, it's kind of hard. Like, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do to reverse it. it it's rise in popularity as means of family planning. Um, was a result of a lot of different factors, but one thing that I found really interesting was in places where there weren't a lot of female doctors, uh, there, in some parts of the world, it was very uncomfortable for female patients to go and discuss birth control. And so it was easier to come up with a way to get men to go to their doctors and discuss family planning alternatives. And... In light of this, in, in 1971, in July, there was a family planning festival. Uh, this was in India, <laughs> in, in Cochin City, Kerala. And basically, there were, like, radio broadcasts and people standing on, like, street corners with, like, pamphlets. And they had, like, a prize lottery where they handed out stuff for people getting vasectomies. Um, like, it, they just were really, they were like, listen, this is something you can do. It's an option to you if you don't want to have any more kids. And, you know, you can take care of this, too, you know, if, if there are two people in the family. Thank you. Thank you. You can take care of this, Please. too. Please. And they had, like, I mean, they had huge cash prizes for this. And then lots and lots of people with penises went and got vasectomies as a result of this. They had, like competitions between different areas of the country to see like who which which area could get the most vasectomies and so you saw this huge rise in vasectomies in in this part of the world um it they're not nearly as popular in the u.s but in some states like it, it varies wildly depending on where you are in the u.s um in the uk one in five people with a vast deferens have had a vasectomy so in the wow. uk they're way more popular in the U.S., the rate is like 
one in six over the age of 35, but worldwide it's only like 5% of people. So still it's a, it's a great, effective, safe, it can be reversed, but again, if you're asking that question, maybe don't, don't get it done. But um, it's, a, it's the radical idea that people with penises can also participate in the family planning contraceptive conversation. And this is when I usually when I say things like this, you just kind of like, you know, look away. Shrinking violet. Yeah. No, but you can. You you did it. I did it. Yeah. <laughs> and please, it was a private matter between me and my physician, <laughs> and I'll discuss it no more. Oh, there's a Dr. Snip here in Seattle, right? Somebody, I was, we were planning on doing this, and then somebody emailed me and was like, hey, here's a funny topic. If you're ever in Seattle, there's a Dr. Snip who does vasectomies. And I was like, well, we are going to do a podcast about this in Seattle. He does it with like a no needle, though. He's got like a fancy injector that just like shoots lidocaine through your skin. Uh, fancy? It's really fancy. <laughs> I had the gas. It was awesome. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for enjoying our uh, program. We wanted to let you know, uh, October 9th, the Sawbones book will be available. Um, the first week of sales for any book is so important. If you can, pre-order that. That gets folded in there. Or uh, tell everybody you know to pick up a copy and uh, please buy a copy that first week it will mean the world to us bit.ly forward slash the sawbones book and you can uh, pre-order it there so please do that we really we really appreciate it my you. sister did the art for the book yes um, it's amazing my sister Taylor Smurl and she's very talented it's really cool very if cool. you like sawbones check it out if you think somebody would like sawbones but they hate podcasts well now it's a book homie you got no excuses <laughs> Uh, thank you to the taxpayers for the use of our song Medicines as the intro and outro of our program. Thank you to the Maximum Fun Network as having us as a part of their extended podcasting family. Thank you to Paul. Thank you to the uh, Paramount. Everybody's been super cool here. And thank you to you. Uh, that is going to do it for this week. But until next week, my name is Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.